Digital spaces have become the new frontiers for not just gender-based violence and sexual violence, but also a place for the expression of toxic violent masculinities. Online harassment is a new pandemic apart from COVID-19 for girls in higher education institutions and women in general that is now pushing women out of the online spaces. Hello and welcome to this episode. My name is Tebutian. I have been a victim. It's not something that I say often. In fact, uh, this is the first time I'm saying it here. I haven't even said it in my channel. Losing a job is not something easy to handle. The worst is when you choose to use the digital spaces to raise your concerns and you receive backlash. Diana Mbugua, a Kenyan journalist and digital media consultant, tells her story of how she faced online harassment. I quit from unemployment and I did a video of you know toxicity in the working environment and uh, that got a lot of attention. When I left, I had a reason why I was leaving. And for me, it was more like, I mean, you guys comment, whatever, but I am moving forward with what my goal was. To be honest, it can happen to anybody, whether you're a digital expert, or whether you're green in this area because someone is just seated somewhere, they have free Wi-Fi and they're just waiting to comment and be just toxic. The online environment can be very toxic. She has since turned her digital spaces to advocate for digital security and safety. I've chosen to be an advocate rather with my storytelling about gender-based violence. It's a topic that's very passionate to me because I have been a victim but it's something that I would want to see end because we don't talk about it and I feel like if we talk about it much more both genders male and female it will help in a way to just end this whole menace of guys and perpetrators getting away with the fact that they can assault you or do something to you and just get away with it. So I really feel like it's something that we should shout about. Some people are traumatized to be honest or even many victims don't want to talk about it but I feel if we talk about it some more and more and more I would love to see these legislators even just put laws that will help end gender-based violence. When classroom learning was suspended to minimize on spread of COVID-19, learning institutions introduced online classes. This also exposed students to online harassment. Sheila Waweru is a student at the United States International University, Africa. Thankfully, I haven't seen a lot of safety issues, although when we first went online, which was at the beginning of COVID, there were instances of, for example, people would interrupt your Zoom class and not really people who are in the class, but I think people call it Zoom bombing. Yeah, they would enter your class and then put up inappropriate images and what have you. For example, you'd be in the middle of a class, then somebody would literally log in, however way they logged in or hack into the class and then Zoom bomb you. She, however, adds that despite the challenges encountered, the institution was able to address this by introducing personalized links to specific students which offered security to some extent. First of all, I was worried about the quality of the education because learning with such threats looming, like anybody can just interrupt your class and distract the learning, that was concerning for me. They have really done a good job of making sure that, first of all, to enter this Zoom meeting, you have to be a USIU student. There's especially you need to sign in as a USIU student and then you can get access to all these things. Sheila is one of the over 300 beneficiaries of advancing digital safety and security to students, young female journalists, women journalists, content creators and producers. The training forums facilitated by the Association of Media Women in Kenya, AMWIC, 
have since positively impacted on the beneficiaries in terms of skills and online safety. I take a lot of caution. I don't um, put the location of where I am unless I have left that place. I'm very careful about the people who follow me and people who I also follow on social media. I think when it comes to trolling and hate, I've kind of become like numb to it. So if I see something that enrages me on the internet, I just choose not to be annoyed and move on. The emerging trends, including COVID-19, that forced many organizations to implement the hybrid working systems have also perpetuated the rise in online violence, with many platforms being hacked. Rachel Ombaka is a digital trainer and shares her experience. A particular incident that stands out for me was during a panel with Media Council. I was speaking about sexual harassment, online harassment. Mm. Because of my own experience and my colleagues, I speak a lot about it. So during that panel session, we were hacked. So when you talk about online safety, mm. wow, it has pushed all of us online, but it has also pushed criminals online. Yeah. It has pushed negative people online. So that time when it was hacked, it's started with someone who was speaking in, I think, Pakistani or Indian. We were just hearing background noises. So the organizer said, mute, mute, because that's the first thing you do. Yeah. Yeah. When uh, someone has the mic and someone's speaking in the background, you say mute. So it was muted and we continued speaking. Then all of a sudden, because there were some people logged in online and there were some people who were asked, the panelists were physical. So now on the screen, we saw pornography. Oh my God. After that, it went downhill. It spoiled the session because now the people had taken control of the online session. We couldn't log them off, so we had to cancel the entire online session. She says she has experienced several online risks during the pandemic. Another personal experience I can share is there's a taxi company here in Kenya I won't mention. I had never used them before, but because the one I was regularly using, I think they were on strike. So I downloaded this other one and said, let me use it. So this particular company, a month after using it, one time I get a message on my phone from my bank saying a certain amount has been withdrawn from my account. I'm like, I'm in the house. I'm not inside any cab going anywhere. Why is this amount being deducted? So I call the bank and they're like, we are very sorry your account has been compromised. We can see that someone has accessed it. So please cancel all your cards, change your passwords, change everything. And then we're going to issue you with a new card. And they did that within the next day, I had a new card. The most online violence victims have been female journalists and women political aspirants. Judy Caberia, a seasoned journalist and also executive director at Amwick, shares how she was harassed online following a story she covered. One time I was told for two days because of a story that I did. And the only thing that I did was to speak the truth about a young man who was supposedly dead, but the guy was not dead. And all I did was to expose that this guy was not dead. But I can tell you the kind of insults I was called on Facebook and Twitter. I was insulted. Even for the people that I didn't expect that they would insult me. And I would even look at my face and wonder do I really look like, you know, a gorilla or something of the sort. And like for two days I didn't go to work. I was so feeling down and really low. And were it not that I had friends to hold me, you know, I had someone to counsel me. I think that thing would have made me to back out completely and leave the media completely. Somebody is told you look like this. You are, maybe you are told you are barren. You cannot give birth. Maybe you are told you can never be married. That's why you're not married at this particular time. But the ripple effect is uh, now you know how you live with what kind of, the kind of information, the kind of garbage, the kind of disparaging remarks that have been thrown at you. Some of the people are families. You know, their wives. Their husbands, their mothers, their sisters, they have families. How do you face your family? You know, you can be called anything. You can be called even a devil. So how do you face people when someone has tagged you around that you're a devil?
people. They have even come up with images around you. At least three out of every ten people who comment online are abusive, while two out of every ten threaten journalists. This is according to a research conducted by Amwik between February and March this year. The online research showed that Facebook leads with abusive comments at 43%, followed by Twitter at 23%, Instagram and other social media at 13% and 17% respectively. Online harassment has a ripple effect to the victims, and this affects their performance at workplace. Judy says the trend has negatively affected women's online interaction, hence forcing them to leave the spaces. She advises women to stay put, but always remain professional in their online interaction. Then how do you effectively use this online space to grow yourself, you know, to pass a message across and to create the impact in the society? So apart from the safety, we're also trying to show them how can they respond to the societal needs that we have. Right now, Kenya is going to an election. And if you remember the 2017 and 2013 general election, the war was online. It was mostly driven by the young people, you know, the center of hate speech, the center of misinformation and disinformation. So we are trying to show them how then can they be the channels of reliable information? How can they then be able to be able to, co to correct some of this misconception, you know? So apart from the digital security, ensuring that they are secure, blocking dangerous websites, but at the same time, how do they leverage on the media then to bring that change in the society? Are there policies protecting online users? Robert Wanjala is Programs Officer, Media and Protection at Article 19, Eastern Africa. Cyber crimes or internet crimes have become widespread and destructive problem involving stalking, sexual harassment. We've also seen you know, digital manipulation of photographic images, fraudulent posting and persistent abusive mobile messages. We also see humiliation comments that reinforce gender-constructed stereotypes, professional sabotage, you know, identity theft, which is very you know, common, and intimate photos and videos used for blackmailing people. The question that comes to my mind is whether there is legislations that address some of these threats that comes from internet. While we all know that you know different governments in the region, for example, have different legislations and policies that you know seeks to address some of these things, some of these laws or regulatory frameworks lack consideration of social gender impact of cybercrimes. So, for example, when we're talking about you know gender-specific uh, issues, we do not have enough laws, or we do not have laws that address some of these things. So, despite several you no know, legal and regulatory provisions including even our own constitution of Kenya, none begin to specifically address online harassment against, you know, internet users. For example, the new constitution of Kenya contains a bill of rights, which provides for various rights and fundamental freedoms to be enjoyed by all persons. Unfortunately, you know, this constitution doesn't have an express provision that addresses some of the issues that we're talking about. The current rising trends are a wake-up call for lobbyists to have online violence against women recognized as a civil rights violation, thereby placing it on a policy agenda and especially at a time when Kenya is headed towards the general elections when these cases are expected to rise. My name is Tebiotieno.